The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Wednesday, October 18th, and it seems like it's been a while since we've spoken to you guys here on the Arrowhead Pride Report. Thursday games always kind of throw the schedule off, but I am back with the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Swain, it's Chargers week. Chargers coming off of a pretty poor performance, I think, uh, against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. They are under 500 and desperately need a win, taking on the 5-1 and one Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's one thing for a team like the Denver Broncos to need a win, and the Los Angeles Chargers are, are something different altogether, uh, just because I... I feel like they're actually capable of beating the Chiefs, right? I, I think the Chiefs were beating the Broncos. I, I know it was a one-score game late, but they're they're beating the Broncos 99 out of 100 times, right? You run that game 100 times, the Chiefs are probably winning most of them where, again, they got the natural target on their back for being Super Bowl champs, but this is the division on the line already. Uh, how many times in, in recent years have we said a uh, division team is playing the Chiefs and they could be in a gigantic hole division-wise if they lose uh, and you not even being at the halfway point of the season. And I think that's what we're getting uh, on Sunday. And I, I think you're getting a frustrated Chargers team that probably thinks they could have won against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and it'll be interesting. The Chiefs got uh, a little bit of a, a boost here with the four additional days rest. I know we always complain about uh, maybe the Chiefs getting screwed or in one way or another in that fashion, but they certainly have that advantage. And should they take care of business this week, I feel like they'll be in a better position to win. When we talk about the mini buy for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid makes the most of that extra preparation time. We've seen it over and over again over the years. So it's a tough division matchup. I'm a little weary of this game because these Chargers games are always really close. But and Justin Herbert's having a nice season, but he definitely missed some opportunities on Monday against the Dallas Cowboys. So they desperately need a win. But uh, something to monitor, as we will hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on this afternoon as the Chiefs return to the practice field on Wednesday. Obviously, 
Uh, Justin Watson, as was already reported, suffers an elbow injury in that game against the Denver Broncos. He's expected to miss some time. So Chiefs could be without Watson, who is getting a lot of snaps in that wide receiver rotation. But that could mean a little bit more Rasheed Rice and maybe somebody else in that wide receiver room has to step up for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, we've been looking to see who, who in the receiver room is going to going to step up i i think and this tends to be an advantage i think i i mean i you're going to be probably down to about five receivers because montreal washington is not a guy who necessarily runs routes i know he's on the team but you have five guys and and you can rotate them as they have been but even still with five guys i i just think they're gonna be more apt to find a rhythm i think rasheed rice i i mean i've said it uh, at nauseum before he was getting close to the leading snaps. Uh, now that he's getting close to the leading snaps, I think Rashid Rice should be leading the team in receiver snaps, period. Uh, should be getting the most looks. He clearly is on the trust uh, of the quarterback. Uh, and then now you're, you're looking at third and fourth target type of uh, production, just considering that Isaiah Pacheco is a weapon in the past game, and so is Jerick McKinnon. So I think the Chiefs are starting to identify who they are uh, as an offense. I think Rasheed Rice is a big part of that. But you, of course, want to see that supplemental production, and it becomes more important because Justin Watson has been reliable for this team, and we're going to see what's happening with him. It doesn't right now look like, as we're talking on, what, Wednesday morning, that they're going to put him on injured reserve. Uh, so that's good in, in the short term. But uh, I still don't necessarily think that he'll be good to go next week. Yeah, and obviously Chiefs fans would like to see a little bit more of Justin Ross. Uh, This could be an opportunity for him to possibly get on the field more, have more of an impact, get some more opportunities in the passing game. Uh, So I think that's something we're all eager to see more of. But also, the NFL trade deadline is fast approaching. And, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they don't have a lot of money right now, they always seem to be having those conversations, making calls, seeing if they can add to their roster and improve the team in a cost-effective way. And a player that I'd be really interested in, Pete, and I haven't talked to you about this, but uh, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Hollywood-Brown seems to be available. He's not a, a super expensive wide receiver if the Chiefs wanted to pick up the phone and make a call on him. And I think he's a wide receiver who... You know, it isn't a, a total game changer or anything like that, but compared to some of the other options that Chiefs fans have been talking about, like a DeAndre Hopkins or Juju Smith-Schuster or even going out and re-signing McCole Hardman, who just got released by the New York Jets, like I, I think Hollywood Brown is a really talented player who could step right into that Justin Watson role, who, who can fill that void for you and give you some more reliability deep downfield. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that because – that's most of the time I just blow these trades off, but this is actually a trade I would be highly interested in the Chiefs making a call on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Steve, we're, we're friends out of work. Uh, I'm a fun guy. I, I really am. <laughs> I, I, but I, I guess when it comes to this topic, I'm just Mr. Wet Blanket. I, I don't think that that Marquise Brown is a bad option, but I'll say the same thing I've been saying this entire time about the receiver situation. It's like, with what money? Because uh, if you look at the chief salary cap, John Dixon, our, our, our deputy editor, does a really good job tracking this type of stuff. They're teetering around five and a half million. It it looks like via spot rack that Hollywood Brown is currently on you know what would be his fifth year uh, option here in 2023. That comes with a 13.4 million dollar salary cap. So you're, you're still having to try to figure out a means of getting 
the the number down to eight million. I think the Chiefs were trying to make that type of space uh, as they were dealing with Chris Jones. We know that how that situation ended up. Uh, Chris Jones looks pretty right for maybe holding out of signing any kind of contract because he's gotten the sack in every single game, uh, which is a franchise record. Uh, but it's what it's done is it, it's cash strapped the Chiefs on the salary cap. It's made this a lot harder to to try to get another player uh, within it. Um, now, you know, maybe the Cardinals are, are paying a certain amount. Uh, again, we said it was 13, four, we're estimating around five. So are they, are, you know, are they going to really pay eight, nine million of that? I don't know if that's the answer. Uh, and again, um, and again, sorry to be a wet blanket to everybody who's demanding that the chiefs get a wide receiver. Uh, but I, I feel like they've really developed option three. Uh, so you have option one, which is Travis Kelsey. You have option two, which seems to be Isaiah Pacheco in a more balanced offensive attack. And then you have Rasheed Rice, who I think is finally pushing forward as that third option. Not every team in the league, Steve, has a fantastic fourth option. I don't want to like say that uh, not every team, um, not every team does. All right, like you look around the league, it's you know some teams like the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, jump out in my mind. Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals with all the receivers they have. Um, but that that's a luxury piece. Uh, and I, I think when you have Patrick Mahomes, what the Chiefs are, are buying into this year is doing it with what they have in the building. Now, Brett Beach is aggressive at the deadline. I'm not completely ruling something out. Uh, I just find it hard to wrap my head around uh, the Chiefs going out and getting another uh, pass catcher. And as I said on the editor's show, uh, which Arrowhead Pride Radio, one of the two, I can't remember, but I said – uh, Patrick Mahomes is sixth in the league in passing yards. It's not like they're like bottom feeding right now. So uh, sorry to be a wet blanket to everybody. I swear I'm a fun guy, but I just I continue to be puzzled about the demand for another receiver when it seems like the passing ability is fine. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, I, we also also we already have a Hollywood in Kansas City now, and that's Travis Kelsey. Is, is Kansas City big <laughs> enough for two Hollywoods at this point? Yeah, I think uh, I think Marquise would have to take a backseat and, and that's an area. Maybe maybe <laughs> retire the Hollywood nickname. But yeah, it's always come down to money in, in this situation when we're talking about trades for the Kansas City Chiefs and they don't have a lot of available cap space right now. Uh, you know, John Dixon, you can follow all his work at arrowheadpride.com. He'd have a, a better understanding of what the Chiefs could try to do to free up some money to to make something like that work, but it, it would probably have to be something like you mentioned where the Arizona Cardinals eat some of that salary for the Chiefs to be able to make it work for the rest of this season. But I, I just think it, it's not just the Justin Watson injury. It's the fact that Marquez Valdez-Scantling has given you absolutely nothing this season. And him and Watson basically both just play the same role on this team. Like they're just run deep and try to get open so Mahomes can take a shot. And that's basically the the role that they both fill. Yeah. And Watson's been a lot better at it this season than Marquez Valdez-Scantling has. So maybe they still think the veteran can step up in the absence of Justin Watson. I'm just worried because MVS is not having a good year for the Kansas City Chiefs. No, and, and that, that's, that's something I won't deny. And I've, I've kind of had that measure with this whole situation. I, I think my pushback has been all these wild scenarios for outside answer X coming in. Uh, I, Cause I just don't think the chiefs have the space. I think they're really just trying to figure it out with these young players. And, you know, you would think by the end of the year, especially in, in the like Rye Rashi rice category. And I, I know he hasn't had a great start to the year, but sky Moore, they're still young enough where you like are still figuring out what they had. I know people are starting to have their doubts about, about sky Moore, but, 
Uh, he's still at the beginning of his second year. I mean, it's reasonable to think that he could even push to to, to get more snaps later uh, in the season. Uh, I think you're right uh, about Marquez Valdez healing has been uh, very, very disappointing. Um, I think Carrot Kadarius Tony is coming along here. A big thing with him is health. But I have no problem with people being like, well, if Marquez Valdez Gantling is going to have this this little production, who cares the amount of money that the Chiefs are paying him? Allow Justin Ross to have more snaps. I know I've been also some somewhat a person who pushed back on Justin Ross, but at this stage, you got to start to play younger players when the older players are are not producing. You see it around the league all the time, and. Sometimes that can be humbling. I think the Chiefs are pretty good at not letting that happen. Um, I think when they have breaks like this, it allows Andy Reid to go back and watch all the games. And maybe he did happen to notice that there's been a lack of separation, a lack of trust in Marquez Valdez-Scaling. So maybe you see that type of adjustment. I certainly think that Rasheed Rice is going to be the leading receiver coming out of this game. And I I do wonder uh, if some of the other snaps change where you you see Marquez Valdez-Scaling phased out of it because he has had such a lack of production. So I mentioned McCole Hardman, and I don't think he's actually been officially released yet by the New York Jets, but it seems like it is headed that way. Uh, Obviously, they signed him in free agency. He's been inactive most of the season for the Jets and just can't seem to find a role in that offense. So it came out last week. They're probably going to release him or possibly try to find a trade partner. And then Frank Clark, obviously released by the Denver Broncos last week, and he is available right now. And This is another situation, Pete, where a lot of Chiefs fans immediately go, well, if it costs nothing to bring them back to Kansas City, why wouldn't they just add them? Because they already know the system and they can step right in and be contributors. And I'm sitting here like, maybe, Frank, I have zero interest in bringing McCole Hardman back to Kansas City, especially if he can't beat out Randall Cobb uh, for the New York Jets to get some snaps there. Um but I'm just curious where you land on this stuff. Obviously, they're getting Charles Amenahu back this week. Andy Reid mentioned that on Monday and said that they're excited to have him back and he should be good to go in practice. So we'll monitor that later on this afternoon. But Frank Clark seems like he could be somebody they would show some serious interest in just because of his veteran presence in that locker. And we know that uh, there's players on the defensive side of the ball that absolutely love Frank. And, and then McColl just having a, a really kind of disaster contract year for the New York Jets. Just how do you feel about the Chiefs' possible interest in either one of these guys? Uh, I I don't know. I I had mentioned that the whole timeline with Frank was the Chiefs didn't offer anything. We know that he said that in, in an interview, and all they've seen this year has been the front seven being effective and the defense as a whole being effective, and they're already adding someone that they're going to have to cut someone for. Uh, in Charles and many this week. So I never got the Frank stuff. Uh, I understand he had great days for the chiefs, uh, but we have seen this regime in particular, never look at the past um, when it comes to making business decisions. Look, look, look behind you at, at, you know, moving on from an Eric Fisher, moving on from Tamba Ali and Eric Berry and Derek Johnson and Justin Houston. They don't care what you did. They don't care what you did. It's what can you do? Uh, and it's never been a point where, to me, it seemed like the team was uh, had any desire to bring Frank back. Uh, and and I know that there was a lot of smoke. Um, and I, I said at the time, Steve, you can vouch for me because I say what I'm wrong. But I said at the time, it, it does seem like a lot of this is coming from the, the, the player side, from the agent side, that uh, he's trying to drum up um, interest um, potentially in Kansas City and, and maybe even elsewhere. Um, and. 
look, he's been out there now for a couple of days and there hasn't been a move. You know, maybe that changes if someone goes on IR on Wednesday and maybe that changes if, you know, you, you um, ha- make a decision where you feel like you won't lose somebody by trying to send them to the practice squad. I just, I don't see the room, especially when you're already needing to make uh, room for another player in Charles and many of you in the Frank thing. And then Nicole Hartman, uh, as bad as the receiver room has been, um, you know, from a production standpoint, especially with the guys that are that are returners and Marquez Valdez Scantling and, and Sky Moore, I'm still. This is just my opinion. I'm still not personally convinced that Nicole Hartman is a better wide receiver option from 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 them. However, if you want to talk about uh, bringing him back, and this is gonna this would be humbling for McColl and making him take that like Montreal Washington role where he's just solely the the punt returner and the kick returner. I guess I could buy that, but I, I don't think that's what McColl want uh, at this stage, knowing McColl. I think he still wants an opportunity to prove that he's a downfield receiver. Uh, and even as, again, as as a lack of production has been a concern for Chiefs fans, I just don't think McColl um, would be an answer. Same thing with Frank uh, on McColl. Chiefs never offered anything. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's a better case to be made for what's different now. It's like, well, you want to see other receivers, but I – I don't think the Chiefs feel like McColl Hartman is the answer there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If McColl would come back on a totally inexpensive deal and just be the Chiefs' full-time return guy, I could get talked into that. I, I could be on board with that yeah. role. I, I just don't buy him as a full-time offensive player. Again, we we saw how it ended last season, and uh, I just think that I, I agree with you that the Chiefs don't tend to dwell uh, on those past moves. They they like to keep an eye towards the future. And with Frank, I understand that you know you always want to have extra bodies in, in that pass rush rotation, but they've already got a lot of bodies there. And I don't think we we've spent enough talking about how fantastic George Karloftis has been this season. You know, Felix in a limited role ha- has shown some pop, and they're getting Charles Amenahu back, who. They really, really like, and the Chiefs defense has already been a top five unit in the NFL, and I don't even think we've seen uh, the peak of their pass rush just yet until they really get Charles Amenahu back in the fold and get him going. I think that defensive line still has some some ground to make up and some plays to make uh, before we like truly see what this defense is really made of. So I I don't think that they need to make these moves. I don't think that they're necessary, especially if they're in the trade uh, market right now. No. And I I get it. Uh, There's always like that nostalgic feeling, you know, wanting to see these players back in Kansas city. They've had some good times where they've won championships, but it's just, I think it's important to remember during these times that the chiefs largely don't bring back players once they've moved on. Uh, We have seen it um, with Dustin Colquitt in recent years, but he, was only on the practice squad. Um, so maybe also talking think. trash on Tommy Townsend the entire time. After no, <laughs> he, no, that was after. I mean, I I think maybe Colquitt had hopes that that he could play a role or you know eventually prove himself to be bumped up and you know that that didn't happen and yeah he, he decided to go on the radio and, and yeah there are hard, there are hard feelings when you're a 15 year puncher I get it and he's a competitor it, it makes sense um, but what I'm what I'm saying here is that. If Frank is out there and he exhausts all his options and wants a practice squad spot and it's not affecting this defense who looks, Steve, to be one of the the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league, I think that's fine. Um, Would Frank Clark at this stage do a practice squad thing? I don't know. Um, Is he willing to kind of 
wait and, and see and if the Chiefs end up having an injury, stay in shape and, and call them and, and maybe be that player for them, um, you know, while taking the minimum. You know, that's another thing entirely. I, I think he's going to probably look at all his options. And I think the Chiefs are going to be honest with them about what they see. And we don't know, right? We don't see these behind-the-scene calls. Unfortunately, to, you know, to, to say this to some fans, that might be, look, we don't have interest anymore. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. rejection's hard. We've all gone through it in our lives. Um, but I, I just think that, that that could be where this is with Frank. Yeah, it's something to keep a close eye on as we inch ever closer to the NFL trade deadline. Could be an active couple of weeks across the league and for the Kansas City Chiefs. But you can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sweden. I'm Stephen Serta. That's where you can find me. Uh, as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network and check out all of our work at arrowheadpride.com. We'll have everything you need to know later this afternoon from the Chiefs media availability and practice on Wednesday. We'll also have a fresh edition of the Great British Chiefs show, so be on the lookout for that. We will talk to you guys tomorrow with the next edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report.